a second to get back there. Testing, testing. going to pray for myself real quick. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the ability to, to speak your word, to preach your word. Father, I ask that every single word that is spoken out of my mouth is coming only from your heart. Father, I cannot speak this message out of my own strength because it, it is not from me, but it is from you. And I ask that you would anoint my words, and I ask that uh, you would give everybody um, ears and a heart to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, the title of my message is Foolish Vessels, um, and I'll be reading out of 1 Corinthians 1. Um, I would tell you to turn there, but it's probably not the same in your Bible, because I'm reading from the Amplified this morning, but you can turn there if you want. Um, it's 1 Corinthians 1, you're reading through 18 through 31. Um, we had a great series on um, what is the truth these last few weeks. Um, I really enjoyed it, and... Uh, you know, it, it really created this response within me that, um, you know, we've got to we've got to get back to the basics of the gospel and the basics of the truth of the word. And um, it really, um, the Lord really brought me down to a place where, um, you know, I thought that I could preach the gospel in my own strength. And for many years after I got called to preach and after I went through a lot of stuff, I thought. Lord, dang it, I'm going to go preach the gospel. I'm going to tell it to every single person I see. And Lord, they're going to get saved. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know what happened? The Lord crushed me. <laughs> but 1 Corinthians 1, 18-31, this is the heart, the very heart of the gospel. The message that we have is a foolish message. In 18-20, through 20, uh, this is in the Amplified, it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness, absurd and illogical, to those who are perishing and spiritually dead because they reject it. But to us who are being saved by God's grace, it is the manifestation of the power of God. For it is written, and forever remains written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the philosophy of the philosophers, and the cleverness of the clever who do not know me. I will nullify. In verse 20 it says, where is the man, philosopher? Where is the scribe, scholar? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not exposed the foolishness of this world's wisdom? For since the world, through all its earthly wisdom, failed to recognize God in his wisdom, was well pleased through the foolishness, and here it is, through the foolishness of the message preached regarding salvation, to save those who believe in Christ and welcome him as Savior. This creates a great picture of biblical wisdom and worldly wisdom. Now, these past few weeks, we talked about truth and what is God's truth and what is the world's truth. Jesus calls us to be wise and shrewd as serpents, but this wisdom is very unlike the world's wisdom. God's wisdom is innocent, gentle, reasonable, peace-loving, impartial, sincere. It is full of mercy and willing to yield to others. It leads to godliness 
and peaceful relationships with others. Behold, I send you out as sheep into the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And when I went out into the midst of wolves, you know what I did? I was not harmless, (laughs) and I was not wise as a serpent. I was zealous. I was, uh, I I thought, dang it, I know the truth, and I'm going to tell you that that's not the truth. God does not work like that. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the first, or now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Worldly, secular wisdom tends to be self-centered. It exalts ourselves when our hearts are not submitted to God. We will harbor pride, jealousy, and selfish ambitions and use our own wisdom against others. God's word calls such wisdom earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Jesus points out that Satan fosters such thinking and gets people to focus on things from a human point of view and not God's. We see this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. He tried to get us to focus on our wisdom, and he tried to get us to doubt the word of God. We cannot spread this simple, simple message of the gospel without the heart of God. What is it? What is the heart of God? I thought the heart of God was, I'm like, dang it, I'm going to read my Bible every day, and that's good. But I grabbed my Bible, and I thought, you know, I'm going to preach this thing like I said. And uh, I wasn't meek. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, uh, to give that message. I wasn't gentle. This is the heart of God right here. Matthew 5, 3 through 12. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil falsely against you for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When you speak the heart of God... In brokenness, meekness, purity, a message filled with true mercy of the gospel, you will be persecuted. Now, what should be our response to that? Now, my response, like I said, I got angry. I thought, well, dang it, I just got to study the word better. I got to come up with better arguments. That's not what we're supposed to do. It says, rejoice in Matthew 5 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for they, uh, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This message is foolish, and people out there don't want to hear it. 
it, is, it has no human wisdom whatsoever. And that's our issue. That's why we have such a hard time proclaiming it. We can't come out of ourselves to go into the heart of God and then proclaim this message. It says in 20 through 25, Jews demand signs, I'm attesting to miracles, and Greeks pursue worldly wisdom and philosophy. But we preach Christ crucified, a message which is to Jews a stumbling block that provokes their opposition, and to Gentiles, foolishness, just utter nonsense. I've heard it called that before. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This is because the foolishness of God, now listen to this, this is because the foolishness of God is not foolishness at all and is wiser than men, far beyond human comprehension. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Here it is. Here's the key. Far beyond the limits of human effort. Human effort. This message cannot be preached in our own strength because of that fact. You cannot live in human effort. There is absolutely zero room for self in this walk. You will crash and burn. And let me tell you, I did. And, you know, through it, it even came, you know, like through this past week, I mean, I, uh, I had a message, I had a word, and dang it, I was going to preach it, and it was, it was a good word, but it was not God's. It came from my heart, and our heart is wicked. That's why we need God's heart. We try to attain the highest level of knowledge, just like the Greeks um, in that verse. We try, to, uh, we try to get biblical knowledge, which is good to a point. Or philosophical knowledge. After I tried to attain that wisdom, um, I had some major rejection in my life. Now, the rejection made me overcompensate and try to gain as much like biblical wisdom and knowledge that I could. I tried to walk in human strength, and I tried to preach the message in my own power. Now, 1 Corinthians 2.4 says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and in power. Um, as I was going through this, you know, I, uh, I've had a really hard time these last few years. Um, I, lost, I lost the heart of God. And, uh, you know, I put on my own heart and... I, I put up this exterior that I knew God, and I tried to, um, you know, I would watch all these sermons. I would read books. I've read more books than humanly possible in the past two years. And, you know, I, I, I took what I heard from these books and these sermons, and I would create sermons out of what I heard. And it was, I was borrowing, like, a used word from these other people that that's not, like, 
God will speak to me, like, specifically, but I just wouldn't hear it. Now, here's what he showed me. Uh, there's a song that, um, it's, it's a pretty popular song, and um, he really spoke to me through this song. Uh, the lyrics uh, say this. I've been strong and I've been broken within a moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless at every bend. I've held everything together and I've watched it shatter. I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. I have wrestled and I have trembled towards surrender. Chased my heart adrift and drifted home again. Plundered blessing till I've been desperate to find redemption. But every time I turn around, Lord, you're still there. I was found before I was lost. I was yours before I was not. There's grace to spare for all my mistakes. I know I don't deserve this kind of love, but somehow this kind of love is who you are. It's a grace that I could never add up to be somebody that you still want, but somehow you love me as you find me. Who am I to think that your glory needs my praises, but if this borrowed breath is yours, Lord, take it all. You are faithful and you are gracious, and I'm just grateful. And to think that you don't need a single thing, still you want my heart. That hit me really hard. You know, I... He chose us. He chose you despite your weakness. I knew that. I knew the word. But I didn't get it here. I thought... Yeah, Lord, that's true, but I still need to go out in my own strength and, you know, preach. He loved you despite your weakness. Now, in verse 26 through 31, it says, Just look at your own calling, believers. Not many of you were considered wise according to human standards. Not many powerful or influential. Not many high and noble. But God has selected for his purpose, his purpose, the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, revealing their ignorance. God has selected for his purpose the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, revealing their frailty. God has selected for his purpose the insignificant, base things of the world and the things that are despised and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing, so that he might reduce to nothing the things that are, so that no one may be able to boast in the presence of God, but it is from him that you are in Jesus Christ, who became to us wisdom from God, revealing his plan of salvation and righteousness making us acceptable to God and sanctification, making us holy and, um, and setting us apart from God and redemption of providing our ransom from the penalty of sin. So then as it is written in scripture, he who boasts in glories, let him boast and glory in the Lord. That is why the Lord crushed me 
And that's why the Lord crushes everyone that boasts in themselves and glories in themselves. The whole point is that we must glory only in the Lord. We are broken. We're dirty. We're unworthy. We're frail. But he chose us. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, this is the Amplified, it says, but we have this precious treasure, the good news about salvation in unworthy earthen vessels of human frailty, so that the grandeur and surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God, his sufficiency, and not ourselves. This is the point that I want to drive across today. I if I could bang it across your head, because I don't want you to get where I was. God cannot display his glory in someone who has it all together. Thank God for my frailty. Thank God for my foolishness. Thank God that he chose me despite my foolishness. If it wasn't for my foolishness, I wouldn't need God. We are in a time in history where we can't walk in human wisdom anymore. The world is literally crashing and burning. And, you know, I looked outside, I looked at the world, and I thought, I'm going to do this, Lord. I'm going to bring your word to people. We are quickly approaching the return of Jesus Christ. God is calling out to his broken vessels. I have called you for such a time as this. But know this, that in the last days, the perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And for such, people turn away. For, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captive of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away with various lusts. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. That's our problem. Always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Perilous times are coming. As a matter of fact, they're here. But take heart. God has overcome the world. And like I said, we have this treasure. We have the treasure of the gospel in these earthen vessels, these frail broken, dirty, worldly bodies that we have. We have this treasure through our weakness. We have this treasure through the shed blood of Jesus. And we have this treasure not because we're worthy, but because God wants us. He wants you. He is calling out to you. And he is speaking to you. It's overwhelming. You know, I, I got overwhelmed with that thought. God, you are speaking to me. You want me to preach your message. But here's the thing. Proclaim this message 
not because you can, but because he can through you. In Zechariah 4.6, it says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. But by my spirit. Now listen to this quote. Uh, it's by Carter Conlon, uh, former pastor of Times Square Church. It says, I often say it I'm in this way. The end of ourselves is the beginning of God. So in those moments, when you feel weak or defeated, take courage. For you may actually be on the brink of the greatest victory that you have ever known. Remember, God takes the weak to confound those who are strong. He takes the foolish to confound those who are standing in their own wisdom. Therefore, do not worry about the things that come against you in this world. You have a power source within you that is greater than all the strength of this world put together. And one day, like Paul, you are going to testify, I rejoice in the difficulties that I have had to experience. I rejoice in all the things that I have come or that have come against me, even though I might stand in weakness and trembling, even though there is um, there's sometimes a measure of fear in my heart, I know I will not be defeated. No Goliath, nothing of evil, no weapon of hell has any authority over me, and the purpose that God has for my life will be fulfilled. In Jesus' name. Folks, I don't got nothing. And that's the point. Stop. Please, I beg of you, please, stop searching. Get alone with God, shut the door, and let him breathe life into you because you don't have any. (laughs) We have nothing within ourselves, and that is the beauty of the message of the gospel. We are broken, and Christ extends his hands to you and says, surrender your wisdom to me. You can't spread this truth without my help. Surrender is the hardest part. Everything within you says, I can do this. But we must get to a point where we can say, take me, Lord, use me, take my own wisdom, replace it with yours. He's waiting for you to let it all go. Surrender to him this morning. I'm praying for you. God bless you. He's with you. Thank you.